This episode of the Cut Podcast Network is sponsored by Better Fantasy. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community, and they have a slick app, which is incredibly fun to use. One of the other reasons that we love it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android and use the code THECUT when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. Thank you to Better Fantasy. Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, didn't work at all today, so just kind of soaking in. Uh, it's still weird not having Thursday football night games to kind of look forward to and talk about on here, so still trying to get used to it. I know, and and I still don't understand last week not having Thursday night football. Sorry. This week makes some sense to me, but um, yeah, it's it's tough. It, the football the football season is dwindling down, and you know we're going to talk through a lot of that today. It sucks though. You know we've only got playoffs remaining, which playoffs are still fun, but we only have really a month left of even that. So, uh, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, we know what we're going to do. But, yeah, we do know what we're going to do. Uh, just watch football. That's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, yeah. The Cedar Bowl is very quickly approaching, so we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, we will definitely be fine. And the Senior Bowl, uh, just a quick note, the quarterback room at the Senior Bowl is absurd. Sam Howell and Carson Strong joined as uh, early graduates, and so they were invited. And that means that multiple first-round potential quarterbacks are going to be there. And, of course, Randy and I are bummed because we can't go. Um, I I don't know if the Senior Bowl stays at that time every year. I don't know if I'll ever be able to go now, which is super, super unfortunate. But We'll we'll make it happen. Don't worry. We'll we'll shoot for next year. This year was just too difficult. Very happy we got to do it last year. And, again, just hope to do it again next year. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys, we are here to talk through the playoff picture in the NFL because there are only a few more games left that matter. And we're also going to talk through the 2021 rookie draft and kind of what happened throughout the fantasy season, uh, who some of the values were, who disappointed, things like that. I do want to mention before we get started, if you're watching this on the stream, we did record this last night. So if you see Randy chugging beer, he's okay. He's not... (laughs) He, he's not I drinking swear. beer at 9 a.m. I, I promise you. So not not today. No, not Wait, yet. What we we we've done that before, but but not today. Yes. So but for better reasons, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get into the playoff picture, uh, who won the listener league, Randy? 
Uh, yeah, it kind of might not come to anyone's surprise, but Wayne, uh, one, he's kind of been the clear-cut champ for the whole year, dominated throughout. Really, only Zach Petranko gave him any fits during the year. I think he beat him both times, and that was the only person to beat him. So, uh, thankfully for Wayne, Zach got beat in the first round off of some you know, a lot of us lost a lot of first round matchups, and we all know why. So I, I don't think we need to go into the depressing details of that week. But uh, yeah, congrats to Wayne. We we uh, obviously already reached out to him through Sleeper to get uh, started on the process of the signed jersey giveaway for that. But uh, yeah, congrats! And he obviously only not only gets that, but gets the automatic entry into next year's uh, competition as well. And hopefully, uh, he doesn't do the same uh, type of season that Rich just had, where he went from first to worst, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that was tough for Rich, but I'll tell you what, that that's the good thing about fantasy football, and for our listener league in particular, it's pretty competitive, so you can't really dominate, and if you do start dominating, we'll kick you out, because... <laughs> uh, the- no, we won't do that, but uh, <laughs> we would never do that. But uh, no, it, it was a great season. And reminder, guys, when fantasy season approaches, we got it out a little later this year than we probably would have liked. But we will have the entry requirements and things like that for this. And and it was a fun league, um, yeah, yeah. a little less engaging this year. But I feel like everyone picked up COVID leagues and everyone was busy in a ton of leagues. So uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think we're gonna get a a fresh year of trimming down. Uh, we in a couple of our leagues, we've already had some people reach out saying that they're not coming back. Thankfully, none of the home leagues, but all yeah. the ones that you join from Twitter and uh, different discords and stuff like that are starting to thin out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's talk through the updated playoff picture. Um, so right now, the so first we'll talk through the key games. So there are there are 12 key games in week 18 of the NFL and saying week 18 out loud still sounds strange to me. It's I don't weird. like it. Just wait until next year when we have week 19 when they add another extra game and we still have no idea what to do. It's I mean I'm I think in the next 3 years they're going to do that. It's part of the new uh, CBA but I'm not ready for it. Either way I'm not ready for it because this year's already been tough. But uh, 12 key games in the final week of the season. A lot of them have to do with seeding. So Patriots versus Dolphins. Dolphins were mathematically eliminated, but the seeding between the Patriots and I believe the Bills, uh, which we'll get to all the scenarios here in a second. But Yeah, there's there's a couple scenarios where like people, like obviously it's a, a New England loss, but the scenarios say Miami wins. It's like, okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> no one cares if Miami wins. I'm sorry, Dolphins fans, but a good thing I saw a graphic today. Dolphins have a ton of cap room again. So oh, they do back, back in the same boat, you know, hopefully they spend it wisely. Uh, so, yeah, Patriots Dolphins is one to watch for seating purposes. Uh, the inverse of that would be Jets versus Bills. I believe if the Bills win, they do clinch the division. And mm-hmm. uh, if New England loses, then. They, well, we'll yeah, get it. Yeah, that I, I I don't know why I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't but, know either. Uh, it's pretty stupid. Uh, Chiefs versus Broncos has to do with seating as well. Cowboys Eagles uh, seating. Well, yeah, I mean that Eagles don't have a chance at the division though, right? 
No, they do not. But uh, they are still... I don't believe they're technically in contention for the fifth seed, but they are the seventh seed currently. And then the Cowboys, I believe... I, I know they can't get the one seed, but, I mean, they still are fighting to have matchup de- determinations. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't think they want to play the Cardinals again, which is how it currently stands. So, um, all right. And then Titans versus Texans. Obviously, the Texans are fighting for their playoff lives. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's a seeding one as well. And then Panthers, Bucks seeding as well. Seahawks, Cardinals seeding for the Seahawks. Uh, and then the the interesting yeah, ones. <laughs> <laughs> so the interesting ones are the ones that have to do with playoff berths. So yes. uh, New Orleans Saints versus the Falcons. I'm going to scroll down and figure out why. Saints have a chance to make the playoffs. So if the Saints win this game and San Francisco loses, they get in. Yes. Okay. That's that's a very real possibility too. Which so is that strange because San Francisco is the sixth seed currently. Yeah. And we don't have a playoff berth locked up. It's it's very it's just awkward, but I'm yeah. sure it's tiebreakers everything. Yes. Uh so then the inverse of that one would be 49ers versus Rams. If the 49ers lose and the Saints win, then the 49ers are out, despite probably playing like the best team in football over the last month or so. Uh, it's that's what happens though when you don't have a full put together year. Chargers versus Raiders. If the Raiders win, are they in, Randy? Is that yes, yes? So, because they would kick the Chargers out. We determined this last week when we were very, yeah, again, we're again, going. you're kind of jumping ahead <laughs> quickly, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big game. Both teams fighting to make it. Uh, there is a scenario, I believe, if the Colts lose, if they tie, they're both in. And they also play after that game, so maybe a handshake accord kind of thing. I doubt it, but especially with division rivals. But that would be funny. <laughs> they just knee it every play and then punt. <laughs> no, and no, just, just don't <laughs> run it back. That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, that let, would be. I mean, the, they're not going to do that. The obviously, limp into the end zone at the last yeah. second of the game. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> they pull them in. Uh, <laughs> They saw the Browns do that to them, so they could, <laughs> they could take that from them. Uh, all right, and then Colts versus Jaguars. So the Colts do need a win yes. uh, or tie in this game. We'll talk about that in a second. And then Steelers versus Ravens. If the – I don't know. We'll, well, we'll get to that. Whoever wins needs help, but yeah. it's still technically a playoff uh, berth opportunity. Yeah. I do want to mention that it is it, – we all predicted – at least two AFC North teams to make the playoffs. Everyone in the world, I mean, like literally everyone had at least Browns Ravens or even Ravens Steelers or Browns Steelers in some form or fashion. And the only AFC North team that is probably going to get in is the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, yeah. that, that sums up 2021 in my opinion. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk through the current playoff seating. So right now the t- you would do what, NFC first because it's uh, easier, simpler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Packers have locked up the number one seed. They have clinched their bye. their bye week. Yeah, because they hold the tiebreaker over the Rams. Who are, so the Packers are thirteen and three. Rams are twelve and four. The Rams clinched the division with a win or a tie, 
over mm-hmm. the Cardinals, and no, or no, they can Forty Niners. No, no, no. The win, yeah, the win over the Forty ers but the division over the Cardinals is what I meant. Oh, okay, gotcha. That division, that division's crazy. Uh, if Arizona loses or ties, then the Rams also clinch the division, but they look to be either the two or three seed at this point, I believe, because of tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't write down all the tiebreakers uh, through these teams because I know they've all played each other, but obviously we know the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. I believe the Rams beat the Bucks. Yes. Uh, and really then I know the, I'm pretty sure the Cardinals and Rams will split. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's or so it, it, there's a lot they've all played each other kind of thing so uh it, it's a weird situation where i think all teams kind of play but yeah. we'll see yeah it's it's very strange over here so then the bucks come in at 12 and 4 the antonio brown less bucks the breaking news last night if you're watching this morning is that antonio brown is accusing the bucks of forcing him to play through a what he said was like a broken bone in his ankle or something of that nature uh, yeah, it's it's uh well it's from his doctor confirmed of uh, broken uh, ankle with parts of bone sticking out of his ankle like trying to protrude through the skin basically is what I would determine from that as well as a, a tear in the ligament of the ankle uh, so that's why he did want to play <laughs> yeah uh, he also said that he got those shots that they tell you. It probably shouldn't do, but they're not illegal. Uh, he was getting those repeatedly and got it for the game to be able to even run on it. And, nice. Yeah. yeah. And and so there's going to be some debate until he releases his side of the story, which I assume will be accompanied by feet picks because he likes to post feet picks, as we recall, when he got into that, uh, that whatever it was, where he froze his chamber. Yeah, yeah, he froze his feet off, but uh, it, it, there's going to be some debate. I actually believe Antonio Brown in this case because that's something that Bruce Arians and that team would do. And even t- I, I think Tom Brady would say, hey, man, like, can you tough it out? Um, yeah. It's going to get real, real dicey, though. I don't like how that's going to play out. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, it's, you know, Antonio's story through this has not wafered a bit where we've seen a couple different versions come out of the Bucks camp and what they have uh, told sources. So when that happens, I generally kind of stick with the one story, <laughs> uh, yeah. at least from an outside perspective until we get more information. But uh, yeah, like you said, this is Arians. That's not surprising. And the whole world immediately was like, well, maybe he's crazy. He's got brain damage. So I think he probably thought he could get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wow. And he still might, to, I mean, <laughs> clearly. And I, mean, I will say, like, as much as I kite him on the AB side of this so far, with just information we've been given as it keeps going, uh, but just from that so far, it's probably more something in the middle, just knowing these the, yeah. these people, like, yeah. f- from what we've had from the past. Uh, but I think it was pretty telling Tom's responses through this, where he's more just like, yeah, have some compassion for the guy. Uh, <laughs> and then he's not cut, uh, which could be them trying to find a way to cut him actually, like legally, and not give him money. And it also could be uh, Tom being like, oh, you fucked him? You're paying him. <laughs> you're well, you're paying him. I'll leave. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because they're friends. I mean, they're friends. <laughs> that's the main thing, too. And and Tom, like, he, he was, like you said, he was showing compassion for him. And so, uh, you know, Tom wasn't thrilled at how that went down. And normally that's not how he would act, even though they're, they're besties and they live together. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sorry about the sidebar. Yeah, probably right on the mouth, right on the mouth. Uh, (laughs) All right. So the Bucks are the three seed, but obviously facing a a lot of uphill battles as they attempt to get back to the Super Bowl and repeat. Um, Do you do you think that they're going to persevere and make it out still, Randy? Because that was your pick. I'm losing faith. Uh, My faith isn't. Then jumping to the Packers, I want that put it out because Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs don't trust it, <laughs> just like he doesn't trust doctors. Uh, but whatever, we'll move on quickly. Uh, <laughs> but again, I, I don't know off the time I had the win loss. Uh, like I said, I think the Rams beat the Bucks. I know they played the Cowboys as well. I think they beat the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure they played the Cardinals. I can't really remember off the top of my head at this point. So I think they play this week, which is not great for them. Um, just to try and not face the Cardinals, <laughs> but because they, they are a very banged up team and now you're guaranteed without AB as, as well as Godwin and all of your running backs are hurt and Evans isn't a hundred percent and I'm sure Gronk's not a hundred percent. There's just yeah. no way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be tough. Well, I think we'll probably talk through, you know, predictions, Next week, if we have any changes to our predictions or, or yeah, yeah, we'll how, go through specific go. predictions that way. Yeah, but once we have uh, the actual playoff seating, you know, yeah, for me, I think everyone in the top five here, well, I think everyone in the NFC is played their full teams except the Packers this week. Yeah, which makes sense because they clinch. But all right, uh, number four seed, the Dallas Cowboys, eleven and five. They've clinched the playoffs, as we told you guys last week. Um, but then they went out and lost to the Cardinals. And then, as of right now, the 4-5 and five seed play in the playoffs, and the Cardinals are 11-5 and five as well. They've clinched playoffs. If they lose this week, it might be beneficial to them to lose because they are locked into the 5 seed. They would get that Cowboys team, uh, assuming that things go right for the Rams and Bucks, and the Cowboys don't jump in because – like you said, the Cowboys played the Bucks. They played the Rams. I don't know if they played the Rams, um, but they played the Bucks, so they can't jump ahead of the Bucks. So I think that that is the playoff matchup. And my question here, Randy, if that's the case, do you see that game going any differently, or are the Cowboys going to be a one and done type of playoff team now? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the safest thing. Um, I know going into the week, I think our prediction articles, I believe I'm the only one that picked the Cardinals. Uh, everyone was on the Cowboys side and kind of as I was on the show as well. And then as I was doing the picks, I was like, you know, not just because I need to catch up and get Sean, uh, but also uh, the Cowboys have been so hit or miss. This offense is either all outright explosive or the next four weeks uh, barely able to move the ball. So uh, kind of went with the, the ladder there. Um, yeah. And the, the Cardinals' defense isn't, like, this spectacular unit, but it is pretty good. They do have some young guns with a lot of speed as well. Uh, there's a possibility of getting J.J. Watt back for the playoff run as well as Hopkins. Uh, so I think the Cardinals take it again. The only thing is, like, I think they should rest if they're comfortable facing whoever the four seed is. 
but they still have a chance to f- be the two seed or, or be the division leader, not necessarily two seed. And they have the easier matchup of the two <laughs> NFC West teams. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I think that they probably are gonna for the division title this week. But yeah, I think you it, should. I, I, you know, home field advantage, all that. You know, yeah, for sure. Uh, then rounding it out, so the teams like that whistle have, there. It was fun. I know. I, <laughs> I wanted to point it out. I was like, <laughs> it, 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 it came through nicely in the headphones too. Yeah, yeah. Almost like the Family Guy character again. <laughs> uh, so the most interesting thing. Uh, about the six, seven, and eight seeds in the NFC is that the Eagles have clinched the playoffs at nine and seven, but they're sitting at the seven seed, which, so I think it's because the 49ers currently own the tiebreaker over the Eagles, which puts them ahead of them. So playoff seeding and tiebreakers are a headache, but 49ers get in. They will, if they win or tie or New Orleans loses their ties, like I said earlier, and they would be the six seed. And then the Eagles would sit at the seven, and then the Saints would be the one team left out. So, um, very strange, very strange. And then if the Eagles, because the Eagles beat the Saints, am I crazy? Did that happen? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So then the Eagles would jump up to the six seed if the inverse happens, where the Saints win and Forty Nineers lose. Yeah, either the forty, yeah, either Forty Nineers are going to be the six seed or the Eagles will be the six seed. It won't be the yeah. other way. Even yeah. with a loss, I believe, because they would have the same record. So, yeah, um, sure. but yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, I mean, the Saints have a winnable game, but not an easy game. Uh, 49ers, obviously, a winnable game against the Rams, but definitely not an easy game. Uh, even if I mean, even if they like Cam Akers doesn't play and maybe they rest Cup a bit, you know, like it's still not an easy game, yeah, which. Cam Akers was full go in practice yesterday, guys. This is yeah. I, I think he gets. I think he gets five to ten touches this week. I think so too. I th- I think on the higher end of that, probably like eight to ten is what I would guess. But yeah, but I mean, be. he's clearly going to be a part of this playoff rotation. They don't have Henderson anyway, so Michelle needs a a running mate. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else on the NFC before we move over to the shit show that is the AFC? Do you, Do you want to go over who you think makes it quickly? I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the 49ers get in. I truly do think that uh, it, it's a tough game, but I think the introduction of Trey Lance uh, will hopefully result in. I mean, they used him on quarterback runs pretty early last week. I think that that dynamic added to the offense is something that the Rams won't be as prepared for as they would have been with Jimmy G. So I think think they win. You know, this offense for the Rams uh, has been struggling with turnovers a lot lately, and I would definitely feel more comfortable with the 49ers if they they did end up scoring, I believe, 27 points or about there. Uh, but they were very, very slow to start. Uh, so I think they need a little bit more trust in Trey Lance, uh, which I think he not necessarily deserves, like, from his playing, but, like, from what his talent is, I think he deserves the chance to show it at least, like, <laughs> prove yeah. like prove you right, prove me wrong type situation. Um, but I, I do also think that, they get in the playoffs. I don't know if that's necessarily them winning or the Saints choking against a, a relatively good Falcons 
team so far this year. Uh, you know, talent-wise, they're not there, in my opinion. But this defense is playing well above its pay grade. And uh, while Matt Ryan is living on the ground as much as Joe Burrow, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't have the weapons to throw to Joe Burrow does, they're still, you know, in games. So, and it would be something like Taysom Hill to have to throw for a touchdown to end it and not be able to. Yeah. AJ Terrell is a f- superstar, man. For yeah. the Falcons. I, I was very wrong on him. I was low on him. Um, I, I don't know if I, maybe I weighed their uh, college football playoff game too highly where he got toasted, but you know, man. that was, it was still part of our learning phase, especially for quarters, which is where we struggled early on. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's we've admitted that clearly in the in, it's documented that that's yes. the position that we've tried to grow the most. I think we've done a pretty good job, but uh, that one in the class before <laughs> was tough. Uh, you know, I think he's clearly better than Diggs as of right now, uh, who's basically the Jameis Winston of quarters, uh, and uh, you know he's just consistent. And you know that's one of the biggest things for quarters is maybe you're not going to lock down everyone. That's you're not everyone does that. That's Hall of Fame, you know, all pro, best of the best. If you're just consistent and you just don't give up a hundred yards to the guy you're across from every day, you know, you're a good quarter. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about the 2022 NFL draft prospects after that conversation. <laughs> I we don't get to talk about Stigler with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, we'll we'll get there. We'll get. There. I know. Uh, He's so fun. I know. We'll we'll talk about it. Because uh, I'm actually lower than you will be, but I don't want to bring. Oh, that. I know. You know, yeah. and I think that we'll get into it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people will uh, be a little bit lower, and then yeah. some are going to be too high. So we'll That's see where he, fir- where he finds himself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to the AFC really quickly before we get into the 2021 uh, rookie drafts and, and kind of what happened there. But the AFC is weird, man. It's weird. So the Titans right now are 11 and five and currently hold the one seed. They clinch the bye with a win or tie plus Kansas City loss or tie or Kansas City loss plus Cincinnati loss plus tie plus New England loss or tie. Jesus. Or Kansas City loss plus a Cincinnati loss or a tie plus a Buffalo win. I can't even process that. Fun. Basically, (laughs) this just means that there are five teams that have a chance to be the one seed in the AFC. I I think that's the easiest way to put this. Uh, Not not by ear-wise, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so essentially... Uh, if the Titans lose, and I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not doing scenarios here because there are so many different ones. So I was going to say, if the Titans lose, the yeah, Bills no, lose, the Patriots you, win, you the Patriots are actually team by team, you know, because yeah. yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs are 11 and five. They're at the two seed. They clinch the bye with a win plus a Tennessee loss or tie or tie and Tennessee loss. We, I know that ties happen. I wish that in the dynamic of this, they didn't even tell us that because it convolutes it. So essentially, because the tie is not going to happen with the, the Chiefs and oh, the Chiefs and Broncos, right? Yeah. Chiefs yeah, but I mean, 
was everyone all on board that it was going to be a tie between the the Steelers and Lions? No, you know. No, but like that's how that's that's why it's always in here is because ties. It's it's just the randomest shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But so essentially, they I think what the the simplified version would be is they clinched the bye with the win and a Tennessee loss. So, uh, yeah, that, they, they need Tennessee to slip up and they need to win. That's yeah. whether that's tie or a loss. Which could very well happen too. I mean, or the Titans just take care of business and get the the bye week. All right, let's go to the Bengals. So the Bengals are tough. I think they kind of know that they need too much help here. Was, uh, uh, hold on, we skipped over it. We we brought up Cam Akers, but Derek Henry is uh, back to his, his practice windows open. I think he also was on the field today. I don't know about the actual practice itself. Uh, but again, they are going to play this week. Uh, not Derrick Henry, but they are going to play this week because they want that buy. <laughs> so yeah. when they play their first playoff game, Derrick Henry's at least getting 15 touches. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a smart way to play it. And the Texans are going to give them a run for their money. Uh, the Texans have been playing tough at times this year, and divisional games the the best part about week 18 is that these are all divisional games every single game this week is a some form of a rivalry game so yeah that's fun uh you're right i shouldn't have skipped over the fact that derrick henry's back oh, we practice. just forgot it's okay <laughs> that's fair uh all right down to the bengals at the three seed right now 10 and 6 they've clinched the playoffs they clinched the afc north last week we haven't talked to you since then uh super disappointing as browns fans but very exciting for the city of Cincinnati and everything that they've built. They believed in themselves. No one really believed in them except for a few select people, but they're pretty much out of the bye. So they're pretty much locked into playing on wildcard weekend. They clinched the bye with a win plus a Tennessee loss, plus a Kansas city loss, plus a new England loss. So everyone has to lose and they have to win. Um, but where do or, the bills fall in here? Oh, okay. Or, <laughs> they clinched the bye with a win plus a Tennessee loss plus a Kansas City loss plus a Buffalo win because tiebreakers. Because of, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to figure that out. Just because tiebreakers. That's and our answer tie for the rest of this time. Yes, for sure. Uh, any thoughts on that? Do you think there's any possibility that that happens? No, I think the one seed is either the Chiefs or the Titans. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, all right, the Bills, they have clinched playoffs as well. They have not clinched the division. The uh, the AFC East is still up for grabs. They will clinch the division with a win or a New England loss, or if both of the teams somehow tie, they the Bills would win the division. So I think the Bills playing the uh, Jets, yeah, that's what we said. I think that they're going to be able to take care of business and win the division. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year, where they needed to win, they beat the Dolphins like fifty to nothing. So I think it's gonna be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, but strangely, and I know I would have put it in here if it was a possibility, they do not have a possibility of being the one seed according to what I put in here. Uh, and that that has to be because they lost to Titans and Chiefs and and Bengals or you know like some tiebreaker wise. Yeah. Um, I know I know they lost to the Chiefs. Well, but... because I have <laughs> no one seed information for the the Patriots, so it has to be that they just yeah. can't have it. Yeah, 
That's too bad. That's too, too bad. Um, all right. Here's here's the the best thing. So if the Bills do win the division and the Patriots would then slot into the five seed, it's going to be Bills-Patriots in the first round of the playoffs, which is – Round three. Mm, yep. Very, very exciting. But they could still get the bye. Uh, so they would clinch the bye with a win plus a Buffalo loss or tie plus a Kansas City loss plus a Tennessee loss. None of that's going to happen. Patriots are either going to be the four seed or the five seed, and the Bills, I believe, can only fall to the five seed here because, um, man, if the Patriots lose and the Colts win, then I the Colts would hold the tiebreaker over the Patriots, so we could see the Colts jump into the five seed, but the Patriots aren't going to lose. So No, they're going to be uh, the Dolphins. Yeah, probably by 40 or 50, I would say. Uh, so yeah, um, there are different possibilities, but it's looking like Bills Patriots, and I'm not even gonna. So the Patriots clinch the division with a win plus Buffalo loss. That's pretty simple. I I will say this could be muddied up because there's reports of maybe Burrow sitting out this week. Uh, obviously we know reports of people sitting out most likely for the Browns. <clears throat> so the Bengals still could win, obviously, but if they lose it, I think it might muddy up the three four seed as well. That's true. Yeah. But the, the, the Bengals are not going to lose to the Browns, even with, I don't even know who the can or the Cincinnati backup is, but this is a backup. will <laughs> yeah. Case Keenum's better than that. I understand that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. The six seed is the Colts. As I just mentioned, they clinched playoff berth. They are not technically in the six, seven and eight seed are still up for grabs in the AFC. Uh, six, they cl- six and seven seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the eight seed too, technically. That just doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I'm not wrong because there's ten teams on this. Yeah, list. I'm not wrong. <laughs> uh, so the Colts would clinch a playoff berth with a win or tie, or a Chargers loss plus a Baltimore Pittsburgh tie, or a Chargers loss plus a Pittsburgh loss plus a Miami win, and that's not so happen, New England so. loss. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So strange. Uh, so essentially, Colts are winning, get in, and I think that that would be the best way to put it here. The Colts get the Jaguars. The interesting stat that I saw is that the Colts have not beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville since 2014 or something like that. They always split. It's kind of like the Raiders and Chiefs normally are. Um, not this year, though. Sorry. Sorry, dude. Nope. Um, but uh, so, yeah, Colts do have a challenging uh, feat ahead of them. And uh, I think they're going to still win by about 35 points. Uh, poor Trevor Lawrence this week. It's going to be tough. Oh, about that. Uh, I will say Wentz has been struggling of late. So I think this yeah. might be a closer game than we're imagining. Uh, just to Maybe. give it a little excitement. Uh, but I, I think the Colts win. Yeah. You know that there's going to be one of these games that's determined by officiating and it kicks someone out of the playoffs and it's going to be... Oh boy, don't I know which game it's going to be? I I also know that game. It's going to be this next one. Yeah, so the seven seed right now, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, they clinched the uh, playoff berth with a winner tie. Um, The Raiders are the eight seed. They play each other. It's win or get in, essentially. So they clinch berth with a win as well, or a tie and Colts loss, or a Colts loss and Pittsburgh loss or tie. That could be their route in right there, too. <laughs> I mean, if the Jaguars are able to pull it off, Pittsburgh's probably going to lose this week to the Ravens. I assume that Lamar 
will be back this week. Maybe not. We'll but, see. Yeah. So, Randy, how are you feeling as a Raiders fan? Do you think they're going to make it in? Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, I, I think they should. Um, I, I think they can beat the Chargers, obviously. Uh, but it, it, no, it, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. It, this year has literally been ups and downs. They won last week against the Colts. Uh, I just assume they're going to screw it up somehow. Yeah, that feels fair. How do you feel about John Harbaugh uh, being Jim Harbaugh, not Jim. John Harbaugh? John, that would be incredible if he came to the Raiders, but how would you feel about Jim Harbaugh becoming the head coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? Oh, I would not enjoy that. <laughs> you know, I I think people forget that Jim Harbaugh was a very successful NFL coach, and the reason successful. that he he left the NFL was because he was a shady human being, a very intense guy that was wrapped up in a lot of weird shit in San Francisco, and I think that his time in college may have fixed that part of it, and he could still be a great NFL head coach. I know that's well, crazy, but uh, his, his stint in college could have fixed it, or he could be exactly like Urban Meyer. And no, that's true. just just that's no. True. That's fair. That's Which fair. is the more likely of the scenario there? Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, but right. it is a big name, so that is who they're going to hire, and uh, they're going to lose. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Well, and and if Mayock's sticking around, then I think Mayock would want to pull from college, um, which I don't know if he is. I mean, he might be gone too. We'll see. He he's been bad, so except for uh, Max, he's Crosby. been he's been good in the after the first round. I mean, you could say Jacobs and Abrams were good picks, but there was also a second, third pick of the draft. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, Steelers and Ravens then rounded out as teams that have a chance to get in. The Steelers at 8-7-1 and one would clinch a berth with a win and Colts loss, and if the Raiders and Chargers don't tie. So, uh, again, we, we I, don't, I don't even know what to, how to process that. So, essentially, just the Jaguars would have to win, and then um, – you know, and, and there is a chance, you know, if the Jaguars win that we have some collusion happening. And then I don't know what the uh, <laughs> commissioner is going to do. But What's, uh, what's he going to do? What, what can he do? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the Steelers are pretty much out if the the Jaguars can't take care of business, which they can't. We just talked about it. Uh, <clears> and then the Ravens, lastly, clinch playoff berth with a win, plus a Chargers loss, plus a Colts loss, plus a Miami loss or tie. So, one of those things is for sure happening, um, Miami. But other than that, I think that the Steelers and Ravens are just out. They're out of the playoffs. I Yeah, I would say it's just whoever wins, Raiders and Chargers, that's the only mix-up we really have, except maybe just seeding stuff here and there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, any Who do you think is going to make it then? So I would assume Patriots, Colts, uh, chargers would be. I'm going to say Chargers. I mean, it's obviously not what I want to happen, but you know, <laughs> I think Justin Herbert's. Is. I think Justin Herbert's going to throw for 400 yards in this game. I'm sorry, like I just hey, think hey, he can. You can throw for 400 as as long as you know to so throw four picks. That you know, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do expect I mean, a really, fun game. The Raiders win when they get pressure. If, if they can get pressure, they'll have a great chance to win. Plain and simple. 
worth noting that Slater is back on the field. I know he missed a couple weeks because of COVID, but but is um, he a step slow? <laughs> you you sure do hope so, don't you? Um, <laughs> no, no, I've lost all hope. Uh, that's, that's completely. <laughs> You can't be you can't be a Raiders and Browns fan and then be happy. <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about? That's true, but maybe the Browns died so the Raiders could live. Maybe that's the case. Yeah, you know, once uh <laughs> once the scenario came around for the Browns to like make it afterwards, uh after the the Bengals win, I literally just looked at my mom, who's obviously a, a Browns fan, and my <laughs> and me and my dad are Raiders fans, and we just looked at her like yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think you know. I don't know who to root for here, but one of us is gonna die. So the other one can live. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happened. So, uh, go check out my piece. I, it's on my Twitter somewhere. I wrote about Baker Mayfield and the Browns' quarterback purgatory. So, it was a depressing piece. If you want to get a little sad, if you're a Browns fan, check it out. If you're not a Browns fan, check it out so you can laugh at us. So. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the 2021 rookie draft. Uh, We we walked through some consensus ADP, I guess. Um, And then we also tossed in one of our home leagues, and we'll kind of compare. And then talk through the hits and misses, uh, and and especially some of the guys that were values in that draft. So I'm going to toss a graphic up. Please excuse the graphic. I threw it together very late i'm not a fan of it it doesn't look good but it's you know up to your standards it's it's definitely not a treat for the eyes but you also uh, did have to put them on the same one (laughs) i know but i you know i did it late and so this is what we came out with and it's gross but all right uh consensus 2021 rookie draft rankings these these were the ones that were were found as consensus. So Trevor Lawrence at one, Justin Fields at two, Trey Lance at three. This is also Superflex. We should mention. Um, yeah, we we normally play in Superflex leagues, especially in Dynasty. So most of what we talk about with rookie drafts is going to be Superflex based. Um, do you agree with that, Randy? Yeah, and I, honestly, I think Dynasty should be just Superflex, uh, depending on the size of the league. Yeah, for sure. The 32-team league superflexes are are out for me, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the first three were quarterbacks, then Najee Harris, Jamar Chase. Back to quarterbacks was Zach Wilson, then Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Devontae Smith, Travis Etienne, rest in peace, uh, Rashad Bateman, and Jalen Waddell for the first round. So uh, my main takeaway from this, and I didn't expect it to be my takeaway at all, is that the number one rookie quarterback did not get drafted in the first round if you're in a 12-team league. Um, The number one rookie quarterback based on fantasy total fantasy points right now is Mac Jones. Yeah, uh, and he's tied with the most games played. Well, yeah, he's tied with the most games played with Trevor. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, in fairness, points per game, I don't know if that's this case. It's um, especially it's, it's close. And Fields and Lance having some pretty good days here. Uh, so yeah. you know, he he just does it. You know, it, it. But this is what he is. I mean, this is where he should be drafted. He should have been yes. drafted end of the first, back of the or top of the second, because he's the. I mean, he's a quarterback too. 
Yes. And and quarterback too. Every, even I wouldn't even say like he has too many quarterback one weeks. I know there's a siren. I'm sorry. Columbus is wild. Um <laughs> you didn't say you didn't say Lawrence was the quarterback one again. People are just coming for you now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're they're coming to arrest me. No. Uh Trevor Lawrence actually in points per game, I believe, would fall uh, fourth or fifth. Um, yeah, it, I mean, we, I think we both would agree, not Trevor's fault. <laughs> you know, he's had some blunders, but that's what you expect for a rookie quarterback. Uh, but Jesus, he, <laughs> he's got dropped in the, the shit show. Yeah, I will say, so I was listening to the Ringer NFL show. Shout out to the Ringer. I really like everything that the Ringer does. Uh, so just shout out to them. If you want to hire us and buy our brand, feel free, hit, hit me up. <laughs> Um, but they had on Charles Robinson from Yahoo, who he obviously wasn't naming his sources, but he said he spoke to a rival, uh, a division rival executive of Trevor Lawrence's. So Titans, Colts or Texans, I mean, easy to narrow down that said that they see a lot of the problems that Sam Darnold had with New York jets. And that's what incompetent franchises do is they ruin guys. And a lot of what Trevor Lawrence has done this year has been bad, and he's picking up some bad habits. So I do still hold out hope for Trevor Lawrence, but him being the 101 last year was just a clear miss at this point. And I would say even in just the limited, you know, Fields missed a lot of games too, whether it was due to Nagy or whether it was due to injury. Fields and Lance have looked by far the better quarterbacks in terms of fantasy football, right? So they both had things with their legs, and I think we kind of should have known that heading into this. I know that Lawrence was regarded as a generational, right? But, like, rushing matters. That's why Lance is here. I mean, uh, draft capital plus on-the-ground talent uh, with some upset with the arm is why he's pushed up to the top. Fields is that, plus he's arguably as, as good a quarterback in the pocket as Lawrence, uh, if not better to some people. But um, Lawrence is still, for me, this is dynasty ranking. Lawrence was overvalued, but dynasty rookie ranking, this is still the right picks. This is the right order to me. Okay. That's fair. Because, I just I because think, looking back at the year, would you be happier, especially with all the COVID and everything and injuries we've had? I'd much rather have had Lawrence than Fields and Lance this year, just because of availability. Yeah, here's that's fair. That's a fair assessment too. <clears throat> but if if you have project out next year, like wouldn't you say that there's a good case for Fields and Lance to be ranked ahead moving forward? Yes, but again, uh, Fields, I would say, but it depends on the fluidity Coach. of his situation, which yeah. it also depends on the fluidity of Trevor's situation, where Lance is the same thing, sort of, because he's not given the kingdom next year yet. Um, yeah, we do have to know if that's the case. Yeah. That's but fair. it's not like the case with like Wilson, where we know his situation stays the same. He just... You know, hopefully his line's healthy and maybe improved, and he just could play and gets a little bit better. And Mac, his situation 
maybe improves, but I don't think he moves up rankings really until people yeah. retire. Yeah, that's the thing with Mac, and and we've said it on this show all year. I've said it on Twitter all year. Mac Jones is pretty much hitting his height right now, which is a QB two. That's fine. That was a good value pick in r- these rookie drafts at thirteen overall. I mean, you you know, depending on the weapons and depending on if there's a transition from more of a balanced team than just a pure running team, he could be. Uh, uh, back end quarterback one in his career, like uh, Kirk Cousins, and you know yeah. the the ceiling for Baker and like Derek Carr and uh, like that's the equivalency of his ceiling. Yeah, that's fair too. That's fair. Um, I the the point I wanted to make actually, well, I I obviously want to make a lot of points. I'm just fucking talking at this point. But uh, Jamar Chase really had a case to be the one on one last year, and because it was such a massive massive quarterback class that had extreme hype it he was never gonna be the consensus one no but him and Najee back to back at four and five on this list uh is right because i think both of them deservedly so were fighting for the just dynasty non-super flex 101 i think they both should have been that's perfectly fine with me uh to me obviously i think both have had fantastic years. Chase, the better year, I would say, uh, not necessarily as consistent, I guess, but more explosive. But Najee had a few weeks where he was not doing great either. So, um, But at that point, it was, do you need a running back or a wide receiver for the future? Uh, so yeah, it's kind of what, what happens and, there. And that's, you know, team need. Like, <clears throat> I'm sure there were leagues that – Jamar Chase did go one on one because the team had two young quarterbacks, and hopefully they weren't. You know, Baker Mayfield wasn't one of them, but uh, then they took Chase because they couldn't get a trade back to to work out. So yeah, and I'm I know there's leagues that Kyle Pitts put one on one even in Superflex uh, because teams had pretty good quarterbacks or multiple picks in the first round, had good running backs, had good receiver depth, and had no tight end. <laughs> I mean, I argued trading up to get Kyle Pitts in our home league that is the rankings alongside this uh, on our sheet uh, just because (laughs) I literally had no tight ends I cared about. Hunter Henry, I picked up Dalton Schultz late in the season. I picked up Dawson Knox. I somehow then had three tight ends. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but (laughs) it did. But I still think it would have been a good idea to trade all the way up to Pitts uh, just to have that dynasty asset moving forward, who quietly, I would say, had an incredible year. Yeah. Had the year we expected. I would like to go back, me and you, and go through our projections and see how close we were, because I think we both would be really close. I, I was low on him, and I was the no, one that we wrote both the were. article. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, it, I mean, we both didn't have it 1,500 yards, right? You know, like... <laughs> yeah. But, I think I had him at under nine. I think I had him at eight hundred and ninety or something like that. I, so. I had I saw someone try like getting an argument, and I think it was more of like a joke argument to be fair. But everyone's calling everyone at the start of the year. Kyle Pitts is going to be the new Julio, and he doesn't have this incredible year. Wait, yeah, he did. He had all these yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, he's fucking Julio. 
Exactly. <laughs> he's exactly Julio. What do you mean he's not the next Julio? <laughs> yeah, that's that's if that's not true, I don't know what is. But um, the reason I did bring up Chase being the one one or like in retrospect, he could have been considered that is because in 2022 rookie drafts, which we will get into much much deeper here in the next few weeks and the next few months, really you're going to want to consider a wide receiver at 101 and because uh, this quarterback class doesn't look like this one. And if this one didn't look like this, Jamar Chase would have been the consensus, you know, two or three, uh, assuming that, you know, there was one guy that, that would warrant being the 101. But that's I just want to put people in that frame of mind that, yes, a skill position, even in Superflex, can be taken at the 101. It's yes. It's, as, it's, it's a viable strategy. As someone currently that has a one-on-one in this exact league, uh, <laughs> uh, I am automatically assuming that it'll be at least my final decision will be between a wide receiver and a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, all right. If I keep that pick, which I won't. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely trade that. I'll take it. I, I could use it after losing in the championship but um the other ones you know javante being over travis Etienne, that that ended up paying off even though it was due to injury consensus wise the Devonte smith rashad bateman jalen waddle order is funny to me because jalen waddle clearly we didn't expect that type of usage out of him for the fantasy football season where he was just a target god but jalen waddle's ceiling was always really really high and there were various ways to rank these wide receivers. And I even had him, I believe three when all was said and done, I did still have him above Devante, but I do think that in retrospect, Jalen Waddle probably should have been picked ahead of Devante. Would you say that as well, Randy? Um, For this year? Yeah. Do you uh, think moving forward though? I, you know, I, I do, but I, I think, um, he he got a little bit over targeted this year with a lot of injuries uh, to the weapons of Miami, um, and then you add in Tua coming back into the fold and hyper targeting him. Uh, I, I think there may be some overlap where uh, we're going to be a little bit confirmation bias from this year, where uh, most of us thought the reason Devonte is ahead of them is because they're comparable talent wise. You add in the Heisman, so a little bit of preseason hype, obviously, but he should be getting that same target share for the Eagles. Uh, and he did off and on, but it just wasn't as consistent as Waddle. So the the big play upside is there on a weekly basis for Devonta Smith. Uh, in theory, Jalen Hurts continues to get better as this offense and team in general gets better with three first-round fucking picks. So I, I do think you can easily tell me, yes, uh, Waddle should be ahead of him. And I'll, I'm not going to disagree necessarily, but I don't think it should be an all-out conversation of that's it. Uh, I think it's very, very close for the future. Yeah, that's fair too. That is fair. Rashad Bateman is the one guy that kind of doesn't belong here, and it's really not his fault. He's been dealing with some yeah. weird things, obviously, with Lamar being hurt. He posted he, a lot of good target shares in the the time that they were both healthy too. He, and, he also came in to the league hurt. So. Yeah. That was problematic. He missed, I believe, what, six games? I think he came back week yes. seven or something like that. So uh, Yeah, it came on slowly as well. Um, yeah. I, I think if both stay healthy, we're looking at this a little bit more favorable, but a guy that went just a couple picks before, had a little bit better of a year, and then a couple 
picks later, uh, I'll get a little bit better every year. <laughs> so yeah. it's hard for the Bateman owners. That's just a wait and see process, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so reading through the, the second round per se in a 12 team league, Mac Jones, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Trey Sermon, Amon Ross St. Brown, Terrace Marshall, Michael Carter, Amari Rogers, laughable, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Kadarius Tony down to 22 overall, and then Pat Fryermuth and Deami Brown rounded it out. Uh, my main thing, Mac Jones and Elijah Moore were smashes at the early part of the second. Elijah Moore had a really great year, and I, I think that had he not gotten a little bit derailed with injury, we'd be talking about him in that first group of receivers. And I think some people still are because there are a lot of smart fantasy people out there. So if you know, you're looking for advice on this sophomore group heading into next year, hop on Twitter. There'll be a lot of content being posted, but Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson had a connection finally towards the end of the year. I know that a lot of Elijah Moore's good games came with other quarterbacks at my, Incorrect in saying that, or a little bit of a mixture, but yes, yeah, yeah. So they're gonna have an entire offseason to kind of build that, and Elijah Moore will be a focal point of this passing attack next year, which is good because Zach Wilson should improve and it should be two fantasy relevant guys there, yeah. And Crowder should be gone, uh, so the competition goes away, it'll be between him and. Him and Corey Davis, who I think could have a a relatively uh, accomplished 1A, 1B uh, situation. It's just kind of the level this offense takes. I just don't see it uh, becoming lethal over the year. You know, I think they have a pretty good running back duo over the future. I think this is a good wide receiver duo in the future. They don't have a tight end in the future necessarily, I would say. and I, you know, I, I think you could easily argue you have your quarterback of the future. I think we've seen some decent things from Wilson and then some concerning things uh, only because of what we've seen over the last few years with the Jets quarterback situation. So it's just going to continue to be concerning regardless of who's at quarterback, unfortunately, until it isn't concerning. Uh, so yeah. I, I think he can continue to have a good year. Uh, they need to, they have two first round picks as well. So I think they, can build on this line, build on this defense, and get a lot better. That that means this pick just gets even better. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets do attack a wide receiver position in the draft as well, simply because I think that having that third option, along with they need to add a tight end in the mid-rounds. Yeah, I was going to say, just what, what type of receiver do you grab necessarily? So I, guess I, think a, got, I guess a burner? Yeah, yeah. So, like, if they're in position to take a Jamison Williams player, that's oh. that would See, that would be that would be fun be to me. Rat is the only problem. It, it's not even. I, I'm saying reach for right now. Uh, that'll probably be a, an awkward statement in about a month and a half. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it as of now. We haven't even done our mocks. I know there's going to be receivers going early, and he has a chance to be the number one. So again, could be slightly ignorant, but they have pretty high picks. Uh, yeah, they do. That's the so, problem, I think. And receivers generally, outside of last year, hadn't gone in the top 10 a whole lot. Even the Judy, CD, Ruggs year, they all fell outside of the top 10. So yes. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see what they're able to do. But I do think that either way, Elijah Moore is going to be fine. And that's exciting if you drafted him here at the top of the second, right? 
Yeah, 100%. So then Rondell Moore, Trey Sermon, uh, that yeah, you you missed the pick. The pick is wrong, and the reason why the pick is wrong is because we'll talk about a few of the values. Another guy that they drafted has that job. It is his job. It is his job for the next three years. Um, oh yeah, Trey. Trey has a piece of this job because it's San Francisco, but uh, this is Elijah's lead back role until he's proven otherwise. We've seen it. Go the opposite way, though. I will say, yeah. uh, you know, it's this isn't a guaranteed thing, but as of right now, that is clearly the case. Where, as of right now, Trey Sermon isn't even in consideration, except for taking a couple snaps. Yeah, that's so true. Just uh, talent wise Ron- and draft capital wise, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Rondell Moore had a an incredible start to the fantasy season, and then he got derailed with injuries, and a lot of his were gadget plays kind of what we saw in college the cardinals had a flurry of weapons and they obviously they still do but with hopkins aj green and christian kirk ahead of him technically on the depth chart it it was tough for him to really continue that massive target share that saw him finish as a wide receiver one i believe two weeks out of this year maybe just one week but yeah but even so even with injuries to that receiving core different weeks he never really took off um but i i just think it's when you're this full gadget and and he's a talented receiver as well uh but he's he's smaller and like there's gonna be a guy we end up talking about possibly this year if not next year i don't think he's declared yet uh so i won't get into him uh, for this class yet but uh you know there's a little bit bigger body we talked about it with lafisca over the course of the last couple of years, but he's a little bit bigger, but he's also not that big, you know, uh, what they do, they do it so efficiently, these gadget plays, but they're not consistent because of uh, ability or opportunity or body type. It's just, it's unfortunate. I think it was a little bit of a reach for Rondale, even though we both absolutely love him um, because I just don't know. I, I think his role grows in this offense, but just like for the next for the immediate future and this year it was a little bit of a reach unfortunately yeah i agree uh and, and like you said we both liked rondell i still have a little bit of hope that they don't bring back christian kirk or aj green and he gets wide receiver two target share next year and that might help yeah it, it, well it would i mean plain and simple it would there's no quite yeah. like yeah getting wide sure. receiver two work especially with his skill set i mean that's going to give you results. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the the back half, there are a lot of good hits here in the second round. So Amon Ross St. Brown clearly was a league winner. Uh, he just dominated down the stretch when, you know, DeAndre Swift was hurt and TJ Hawkinson was hurt, but he, he posted multiple wide receiver one performances. My question to you, Randy, though, is uh, – do you think that sustains next year, assuming that Detroit starts to add some pieces to that wide receiver room? Yes, uh, because he he should have kind of established himself as like a, a go-to slot guy with some deeper playability. Um, he is currently wide receiver 24 on the year, which I believe our bold prediction show, I said he was going to be a, a wide receiver too. <laughs> yeah, and it was like the boldest prediction of the fucking thing. I mean, you both like I don't know, and it's come to fruition. I absolutely love it. 
Uh, yeah, I, I he's going to play that. this week uh, where others might not. So he might even finish higher than this. Uh, I think he's an absolute steal. If you were in the playoffs, you you were you won uh, most likely because of him, uh, mm-hmm. or you kept in your matchup thanks to him at least over these next over these last few weeks. Um, yeah, I know in this home league I got kind of sniped on, unfortunately, uh, but that's yeah. you know all of them uh, partake in our show, especially when we talk about the draft, the rookie drafts. <laughs> Uh, even yeah. if it's just a, a quick read through, uh, so they know who we like. I mean, plain and simple. That's that's the that's the bad part of doing this, but it's also part of the challenge. And I'd rather have it this way than not do this. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, I I also think Sam Brown's going to keep a high target share next year because he's just a damn good football player. I know yes. he was drafted on day three. I don't give a shit. It was 13 picks outside of the third round. I know that analytics will tell you, oh, a day three pick. He can't sustain that. Yes, he fucking can. I promise you. He, It's Amon Ross St. Brown. He was a five-star recruit. He was like the number one wide receiver, or maybe the number two receiver in his recruiting class. And then he just did nothing but, I mean, he was a little inefficient at USC, but that's what happens when you have USC quarterbacks throwing you the ball. So uh, that's my little rant on Amon Ross. Just don't just wait for them to add pieces and then just go acquire him in every single dynasty league and reap the benefits. Yep. That's what I would do. Um, any other thoughts over these last few, before we talk about the, the values uh, quickly, Marshall clearly uh, should have gone later at this point. Um, yeah. I think the future has some opportunity, but he didn't really get a chance this year. Michael Carter hit uh, better than Ronald Jones. Uh, I think you owe me something. Uh, Man, I'm still pissed. I've... Probably um, <laughs> until Ron Jones somehow is a RB two next year. Um, <laughs> Amari Rogers, huge whiff, uh, not being used at all because uh, he's not good. Yeah, over you know getting the the positioning with Aaron Rodgers first time they've actually drafted a receiver. It feels like uh, so we got a little bit overhyped, unfortunately, and reached um, Gainwell. You know, love the talent, not the landing spot. I don't know if he's necessarily a bad pick here. Kadarius Tony reach uh, because he has a reach in the draft, uh, but he did have that one big week, so you're probably happy. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Fryermuth is the last big one I want to talk about. Phenomenal rookie season so far. Uh, we we've talked about two tight ends here. Do not, I repeat, do not draft the tight end your rookie draft until at least like the twenty third, twenty fourth pick this year. This is it. We're going to talk about two or three guys that we really like. It's not going to be the same thing, plain and simple. Yeah. It's not. I see. I I know. It's it's not, man. It, you know, they're, they're going to be closer and, to Brevin, and you know it. See, McBride and, and Fryermuth are coming out to a similar grade for me, but you know how much I've loved Trey McBride for a long time. Yeah. So. But, you know, and in, in it will be landing spot as well. That's it's a huge determinant, but I'm gonna. And again, I'm not saying don't take them in the second round, but be very wary. It's not the same talent level as last year. While yeah. one guy maybe pushes for it, there's nowhere near a consensus on who the number one tight end is this year. As of this point, uh, there's two to three guys fighting for it. Um, we knew who the one was <laughs> yeah. this last year. We knew who the one base tight end was. Uh, yeah. And and we knew what the landing spot it was. A, it was a guarantee 
at some point in the future, he's going to be good. And he's, he's just gotten on the field quickly. Uh, I think Brevin will get on the field a lot next year. And I think that'll be more in comparison to what we're going to see from this draft class coming up. But it's just something I wanted to state. Do not be drafting two tight ends in the top 20 this year. It's just not, yeah. not a viable strategy. Yeah. We'll see how the NFL views them too. I mean, like if, if two tight ends go in the first round, then maybe we're having a different discussion. Yeah, that's I just, not happen, so. yeah, I don't think either of us are going to see that though. Yeah. I, I put out a, the reason I push back on that. I put out a tweet earlier. That I said I would take, cause I would have taken Fryermuth at the top of the second, even though I didn't yeah. have to, that's where I would be comfortable taking McBride in this class because I think that, well, here's the thing. The court there there's so many different quarterbacks. We'll get into all that. I don't want to get into all that right now. It's just a long yeah. conversation. We're already over. So uh really quickly, some values. Um so Elijah Mitchell uh was going at the three eleven, so at the very, very back of the third round. Good flyer uh to those who took him. Great, great draft pick. Uh obviously had a phenomenal rookie season and took over as the one over Trey Sermon immediately. This was in week one. So um, it, it, like we said, he is the RB one moving forward until he's not. And then when he's not, he'll never be again, of course, because Shanahan, but um, he's been incredible too. Um, another guy, Ramondre Stevenson, three Oh nine is where he was going. I don't know. You know, that's a good value for him, I think. But what do you see as his like path to fantasy goodness next year or even beyond? Uh, as a RB3, yeah. um, you know, maybe close towards the back end, high end RB4 some weeks. But, um, I think this is going to be a two back system, uh, going forward and with the rate that the Patriots just got to run through the running backs. Um, there's a good chance Damian Harris has next year. And then it's Ramondre's team for two years. And then it's you know, like, there's a good chance of that. So I think it's a good value, especially with how the rest of the draft kind of plays out. I don't think we've seen a lot of value uh, past uh, the first two rounds and then some stragglers in the third here and there. Yeah. And then, Another running back uh, that you put on this list, Khalil Herbert. Yes, I think that he was a value pick. I don't know exactly where he, he was going. I don't. He was either late fourth or early fifth in consensus. I, I forgot to put it on here. Yeah, but which makes even sense. If, even if you only, even if he has no value going forward, which I think he's clearly going to be the RB two going forward for this organization behind an elite running back and Dave Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> have to throw point. that in there every time. Sorry. Because yes. um, he won't repeat the performance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even if you only got to use him for that, what, two-week period, uh, this was an enormous value. In the top of the back of the fourth, top of the fifth, a pick that was probably in your taxi squad, so you probably didn't even get to use him. But if you did, you're happy. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one, we have to give a shout-out to Davis Mills. Uh, he was drafted at the top <laughs> of the fourth. And ultimately, I could make an argument that Davis Mills, once he earned the starting job, was the best rookie quarterback to have at, at, at a given time here. Um, 
I know how crazy that sounds. I've, I've put out my thoughts on Davis Mills. The dude has earned the right to start in 2022, which would make this even more of a value. Yeah, he's earned the right to compete, I think is that's the, fair. the that's better fair way, way to say that. Um, yeah. I don't think it's with Tyrod, um, but I don't necessarily know if it's with Tua. <laughs> no, you know, see, that's the be. that's where it comes into play because obviously, if Tua comes in, Davis is not competing. Tua is the quarterback. If Jalen Hurts comes in, it's it's Jalen Hurts. You know, like they're just right now they're that's better. True. Plain and simple. Uh, yeah. It, whether it's for you know, mechanically, obviously, I think Mills is a little bit better than Hurts right now, but uh, he's clearly working out <laughs> where. Yeah. Mills is, is doing his best, but he's got nothing. He's got no help. Yeah. Mills is, I mean, he put, he dunked on the Patriots at one point earlier in the he season, did. too, he which was fun. He dunked on the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, was two he outdueled Justin Herbert. Like, yes. that actually happened. So, Davis Mills has legitimate talent and upside. It is the reason we talked about him in the process. He is lower on the totem pole from this draft class, but. I I am curious to see once we're done with the grading of this draft class where he lines up. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun discussion, <laughs> especially yeah. with the Texans having a very early draft pick, uh, and, and some people expecting that to be a quarterback, others expecting it to just be the best player available. Because holy fuck, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But we'll see. And I I think Deshaun Watson trade or lack of trade or uh, imprisonment uh, plays a huge part in that. For sure. All right. I think that'll do it for this. And this was a good kind of way to segue into our content schedule kind of moving forward. So next week, we haven't even hammered this out completely, but next week we will be doing kind of like a fantasy recap, talking through the 2021 fantasy football season. I know you guys were kind of, um, but probably burnout. I feel pretty burnout from fantasy football. So we didn't want to talk about that this week, but. Uh, we'll return to that next week. I think what's going to end up happening and we'll see how Randy feels about it, but we'll probably have our show on Monday again, rather than on what, this is coming out Thursday. We'll probably have our show on Monday next week for the fantasy recap. And then we might end up being back that following Monday because with the additional NFL season or week, a whole NFL season would be just a big addition. But with the additional week to the NFL season, we have very, very limited time to get in some prospect talk before the Senior Bowl. Now, of course, we do still have tons of time to get into that, but around mid-January is normally where we start, so we don't really have time to take a full uh, like two-week break. I think that's what we did last year. So you'll, you'll start getting a lot of content, and we will end up through draft season last year, we did three episodes. We uh, we did a Monday, or maybe just two, but we do our Friday fix episodes, which we will return yeah, it, to. It was two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so forgot about the Friday fixes, yeah, which we so. definitely need to play better this year so we get through all the team. Yeah, we'll, we'll be doing those. And... <laughs> we got through like 20 or 15. So, <laughs> we yeah, just, it was, yeah, Friday fix is a great idea. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have a ton a ton of time, but yeah. So content's going to be coming. It's going to be flowing. We'll have the draft guide to you um, a little earlier this year. I, I anticipate we'll see where we're at. Uh, we might release it and then add to it in, in like a, a 
second release. I don't know how it's coming to you, but we're working on it. So um, that's coming. Randy, am I forgetting anything? Is there anything you want to add? Uh, senior Bowl uh, coverage, quote unquote. Uh, obviously, there doesn't seem to be a virtual feature this year. Me and Christian are busier this year than we were last year, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, so we are not able to go, obviously, but we will be able to watch it regardless whether it's live or not. And we will, I'm sure, go over it uh, performance wise and practice reports as we're going over other content. But yeah, we got to go over uh, pretty much everything, anything and everything for the draft process. Uh, We're going to talk about every position. We might try and roll it out slightly differently this year. So update on that. Maybe we might streamline some of the positions that are less fantasy relevant, um, especially with a couple of uh, some of the depth at those positions this year. Uh, might be a better idea to kind of streamline them so we have more time to talk through uh, other stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I I'm very excited. I know Christian's with his Devi show as well has uh, surpassed me so far on uh, prospect watch. But I, I've been watching uh, so much more college football this year than I did last year. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I watched like three games last year. And this year I, I've watched so many. Uh, so well, there were only I, three I, games played because of COVID. So that I, probably made, made Yeah. Sense. But it, it felt like even this year when I worked on Saturdays, because I worked every single Saturday, uh, even when I worked, I still got a chance to check in on games and watch drives here and there and, and check some stat lines and go over games later. And, so I, I feel much more uh, in touch with that side of things going into this process that we're going to oh dive deep into. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it, we go very, very in-depth for new listeners. Uh, I highly recommend it just for your football, uh, just NFL viewership. We will go over every team that really the draft matters for, I'll say for sure. And then some teams we might not get as much in-depth to because – we still have the time and they don't really need the fixing or they just uh, maybe we'll just cover it on a show instead of like a whole fix episode. Uh, but we go to free agency draft coaching hires, which will be uh, relatively early in this process and very in depth. It's it, honestly, we enjoy the fantasy season. We are good at it. Uh, I think we enjoy and are better at the draft season. Yeah. 100. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had these discussions off air, obviously, but um, I, I think this is when we have the most fun with it, too, because yeah. it's it, it's a lot more in depth. And, and again, you know, it, even if you're just a football fan, if you listen to us for fantasy, we're going to touch on those positions and we will go in depth into those positions. But if you're just a fan of any football team, like we will talk about your favorite team over these next few months at some point, but we're also going to weave that stuff into our prospect discussion. So say I'm talking about, you know, the 15th edge off the board, which uh, that might be a little, little stretching it at, at the stage where we talk about edge rushers, but I could say this is a team that this player would fit with. Uh, based on their scheme and stuff like that so yeah yeah um but yeah we we go over everything so i you know it is also a big part of the draft season is it is again the time where we can once again have guests on the show to bring in different 
perspectives and bring other people to possibly grow our platform or grow their platforms because uh, there's talented people that have 10 followers and 10,000 followers. So, uh, you know, uh, I've, I vastly enjoy those conversations. We had a great time talking to Eric Crocker and Damian Parsons, who both now have much more important jobs than when we talked to him last year. Uh, it's so well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, best conversations, I think, I've had yeah. on pure football talks uh, yeah. with no other fantasy relevance. Like, just pure football. Uh, I think those are my favorite conversations on the show so far. And well deserved for those jobs. Congrats again to them. I've I've reached out on Twitter. It's like congrats already. But yeah. having those type of people, which obviously we're going to try and do that again, and bring on guys uh, like from our other shows, so uh, like coach approach shows, and maybe Adam and JT from college, and bring on Sweet again, and bring on Sean again. You know, I I love having guests on here, but it's so much easier and actually needed and perspective wise matters for this yeah. process instead of the fantasy process uh so i'm very excited yeah and if while you we're can't tell. yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're both i mean we we've been texting about stuff like this for we never really stopped from last draft no, no i'm being we, honest like <laughs> we, just, I mean, we just don't bring it up here <laughs> yeah yeah it's very true so uh and while we're at it you know i know a lot of shows did a thank you to everyone for the entire year of 2021 and i never really did that last episode even though it was post uh, well is this the first time we're talking to be yeah this is the first time that an episode dropped so uh just major thank you guys for all your support through 2021 we have a, a fun 2022 in store for you um and and we're hoping that you're satisfied with with all the content as a reminder, I, I didn't mention it at, at uh, it, it, Jesus Christ. Uh, I didn't mention it at the top of the show, but uh, the coach approach did air last night. The college football cut, it's looking as though it's going to be aired right before the national championship game. We're trying to figure that out right now, but that will come to you. And then DFS Deep Dive, I believe, is still planning on doing a week 18 DFS show this week. So. A lot of good content, a lot of good shows. I don't know what kind of – if those shows will continue through the off season. I think the coach approach probably will. I think they might take a break, but uh, we, we will have all of those updates to you here in the next couple of weeks. So. Yep. All right. We have gone far too long. If you're watching <laughs> this live, uh, thank you for joining us in the morning. I don't normally do this. I'm kind of – it's just a test run, 2022, doing new shit. Um, so – Good morning. Have a good day. Uh, if you're listening to this at any other point, thank you guys. Anything to add, Randy? Anything else? No, just thank you again. Yeah, uh, everyone's joined us through the draft process and this. I know we get different people at different times of the year, and some stick around, some don't. I know I've already – I have some friends that were like, yeah, fantasy is great. We'll text you, but draft, yeah, that one. Get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to get back to that. For sure. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Again, make sure you check out all those great podcasts. Check out, we are putting a weekly picks article out as well on the cutout. Yeah, through the Super Bowl. We're gonna we're gonna keep up the the track and hopefully one of us can catch Sean. Yeah, I doubt it, but that guy. Um and then like <laughs> I, I said, we'll I know. We'll be back on Monday uh to talk through the fantasy season. So uh until then, though, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys then. Later.